This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. Beautiful book of Isaiah and chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. And uh, we'll tell you the text in a moment or two. Isaiah 55. When it comes to describing God, how do you even begin to start? If we say that God is almighty, that God is all-powerful, what does that really mean? Whenever men split the atom at least atomic power that was unparalleled in human history, capable of generating enough heat and light for whole cities, but also capable of destroying a whole city in just one single bomb. Yet nothing like that is to be compared to the sun. Our sun, we're just one second, every second, our sun produces enough heat and light more than all the efforts of mankind since the beginning of time in just one second. And yet our God created billions of suns within our galaxy and billions of galaxies with billion more suns. Our sun is so tiny in comparison to God Almighty. He is all-surpassing, all-excelling, above all, infinitely beyond all. That is to say that God is transcendent. Transcendent. Think of all the kings and queens and princes and prime ministers, all the emperors, all the pharaohs, all the despots, all the tyrants in history. Think of all the power and authority they wielded. Some of them vast areas of the earth they conquered. And yet almost all of them have gone into the dustbin of history. And yet our God, the almighty God, is still seated on his heavenly throne on the earth as his footstool. He is all-surpassing, all-excelling, over all, above all, infinitely beyond all. That is to say our God is transcendent. By transcendence, I mean that God is separate from and independent of all nature and humanity. Nature and humanity need God to exist, but God doesn't need nature or humanity to exist. He is involved in nature, he's involved in humanity, but he's superior to it. He's far above it. He's infinitely beyond it. God is infinite but neither nature or man is infinite. We're finite. There is a sense in which God is unknowable, in which he is incomprehensible, indefinable. And by that I mean with our mind. With the greatest imagination that we could muster, we could never visualize God because the Bible says that God is spirit. How do you visualize spirit? Except that God allows us to view him in human terms. 
The Bible says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking on behalf of who he may show himself strong. The psalmist uh, would say, around about us are the everlasting arms of our God. The prophet would say, the hand of the Lord is upon me. So God allows us to think of him in human terms, even though he is the great almighty God and he is spirit and he is invisible to us. Yet he allows us to think that way. But for God to be truly God, he must be transcendent. Isaiah 55 and 8 and 9 is our text. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts. This is God declaring his transcendence. Above all humanity and above all nature, God is higher and greater. What can man make? What can man create? What can man construct that is greater than God? Think of man's greatest achievements. Think of an architecture. Think of the great temples that man has built. Uh, the Taj Mahal, for instance, or uh, that place in Mecca where millions flock to every year to worship. Or, or the, the Acropolis in Athens that some of us have been to. Magnificent place. But all of that peels into insignificance compared to God who created the whole universe. How do you impress God who created the universe? Because God is transcendent above all. There's an awful lot more about transcendence that theologians talk about that I shall refrain from this morning because this is not a Bible school and you're not, as it were, Bible students here for the day. And so we will refrain from going much further than that. But the wonder of it all, the miracle of it all, the glory of it all is that this almighty, all-powerful, infinite, transcendent God is also an imminent God. Imminent. And by imminent, I mean that God's presence and activity within nature and within human nature and within history, God is very much involved in everything in this earth and in everything in this universe. And as I have said on other occasions, that means that the most high God is also the most nigh God. He's afar, yet he's near. He's above, yet he is within. Now these two, eminence and transcendence, must be used together. If we separate them, or if we overemphasize one against the other, then what happens is we stray from God's revealed character in the Bible and we lean towards one or the other, which often leads men into false religions. Hinduism is based on pantheism. Theism is to do with God. Pan is all, all God. And so often that leads into a view that God is not transcendent above all of that, but God is that. He is so much part of that that he is that. And then it becomes a worship of everything where the Ganges becomes sacred, where certain cows become sacred. And so many becomes God that has to be worshipped, which is rather sad, isn't it? 
because they leave out the transcendence of God who is above all and infinitely beyond all. So these two must be used together. There are lots of scriptures that bear out the fact that God is both transcendent and imminent. Not either, not one or the other, but both. Jeremiah 23, 24. Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, says the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, says the Lord? Psalm 139, verse 7 to 10. Where do I go from your spirit? Or where can, where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. We have just finished, <coughs> just a few days ago, uh, the Advent season. And there is no greater demonstration than the most high God becoming the most nigh God than in the Advent. Emmanuel, God with us. And whenever God came among us in human flesh, then we see the transcendence and the imminence of God together. Only our transcendent God is worthy of our worship. But how can we worship an unknowable, incomprehensible, and transcendent God unless and until he becomes imminent? And thank God he did. He sent his only son to this earth that we might know him, that we might see him and touch him and feel him and hear him. And that's the wonder and the beauty of the advent. And so Philip's question to Jesus was, show us the Father and it'll be sufficient. In other words, show us the transcendent God. Show us the unknowable, incomprehensible God. Show us the invisible, indefinable God. We want to see him. And Jesus, in effect, said and replied, in effect said, you want to see transcendence? I'll show you eminence. He that has seen me has seen the Father. He that has seen me has seen the Father. Aren't you glad that God didn't remain aloof and afar off from us, but he became like one of us? That he became not just the transcendent God, but the eminent God. And he became like us. And so we need him to be above all. But we need him to be with us and among us and above all within us by his Holy Spirit. We need the most high God, but we need the most nigh God. Amen. And that's the God that we serve today. Do you remember on the day of Pentecost and how the transcendent God came with a mighty rushing wind and supernatural tongues of fire sat upon each of those disciples in that upper room. But then that same mighty demonstration of God's Holy Spirit became within them 
and empowered them and gave them strength and power to go out and to change their world. The transcendent God became the imminent God. And they absolutely were transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we need him to be transcendent. We need him to be imminent. We need him to be involved in the affairs of this world. We need him to know how to direct and be involved in this world's history and events. And we do know that. And we can see that from Scripture. All throughout Scripture, you'll see that God was involved in the affairs and the events of men and nations in this world. What good would it be if God was just transcendent, who was far above all, infinitely beyond all, and he didn't touch our lives? Or what good would it be if God was eminent, but he really had any power to do anything for us, or to change us, or to touch our lives, or to touch others? He has to be both transcendent and imminent. The most high God assures us of his ability and power. The most nigh God assures us of his love and his grace and his mercy. For 33 years, the disciples had Jesus walk among them personally. They could handle him. They could touch him. He was in the flesh beside them. He was imminent. Then came Calvary in the tomb. And for three days, they lost the eminence of God in their midst. But then on the third day, Christ rose again, and he began to appear and reappear to his disciples. So the transcendent Christ becomes the eminent Christ again to them. And then, ten days before Pentecost, he goes, and he promised them that it's better if I go to be with the Father and if I go to be with the Father, then I will give you power. And if I go to be with the Father, then I will send the Holy Spirit, who will not just be with you, but who shall be in you. But for those ten days, they did not have his eminence. For those ten days, it must have been the longest ten days of their life. Even though they had these promises, but they didn't know when it was coming. They didn't know it would just be ten days. It could have been weeks for all they knew. But then on the day of Pentecost, the transcendent God of heaven becomes more the eminent God they had ever known in 33 years because God, the Holy Spirit, comes to live and to dwell and to reside within them. And from that moment on, every born-again believer in Christ who belongs to the Most High God, can now experience and have relationship with the Most Nigh God. Amen. Isaiah 66 and 1, Thus saith the Lord, Heaven is my throne, and earth is my footstool. And so it's important for us today, and this is why I'm sharing this, it's important for us to see the bigness of God the might and the power of God, but also how God personally deals with our lives, how he personally draws close to us. This great mighty God is our Father. <coughs> this all-excelling, 
all-powerful, almighty, infinitely beyond God is your heavenly Father who wants to have a relationship with you. He is above nature. He's above nations. He's above world events. He's far above all of men's determinations. He's far above all principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age. He's far above all of that. And yet, and yet, and yet, he comes to reside and to live in your heart by his Spirit. Our view of life is very, very limited. That's why Paul says, for now we see through a glass darkly. I'm sure all of us at one point or other has stood at a parade. We've stood on the footpath as the parade passes us by. Maybe band parades, it may be soldiers on parade, it may be a Lord Mayor's parade, it could be whatever. And we have stood there, and people to the right of us, to the left of us. And at that moment, as we stood there, as the parade passed us by, we had a very narrow field of view. We saw up the road a little bit, we saw down the road a little bit, and we could just see people passing us. But we couldn't see where the parade began, and we couldn't see where the parade ended because we were limited to where we were. But if you had a drone with a camera up above, an eye in the sky looking down, it could see where the parade started, it could see where the parade ended, and it could see everything in between. And that's our God, the high and lofty one, who's above all, who can see everything, who can see, the Bible says, the end from the beginning. Not just the beginning and the end, but the end from the beginning. So we need to know that God is in control of world events. They may appear chaotic and madly out of control to you and to me, but this most high transcendent God of whom the Bible says he can even make the very wrath of man to praise him. He's above it all. So in spite of what we see around us, the madness, the chaos, the economic crisis, the natural disasters, the wars, the rumors of wars, yet only a transcendent God can say, as Jesus did in Matthew 24 and 6, see that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. And so when you're watching your news at night, and it's Brexit, 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 somebody said they had breakfast at breakfast time and they had Brussels at lunchtime. <laughs> and you get sick and tired of it. You really, really do. And you look around the world and you would absolutely despair of what's going on, except you know that God ultimately yeah. is in control of everything. And because we have read the Bible, we have seen the end of the story. We know, we know the last chapter. We know how it ends. God wins. That's how it ends. And so we can trust this most high, all-surpassing, transcendent God to take control of our lives. And the one the Bible says of whom the nations are as a drop of the bucket of the small dust of the balance. And so we need to consider the bigness of God, the glory of God, the magnificence of God, the transcendence of God. That changes our view of God. Because sometimes in our mind, our God is too small. But he's bigger than we can ever imagine. 
So you can do one or two things. You can either look at your problems through God or you can look at God through your problems. What lens do you look through? You can either look at God through your problems or you look at problems through God. If you look at God through the lens of your problem, then it will be a distorted view and God will seem incapable and too small or too uncaring. But if you look at your problems through the lens of God, then you'll see that God will break through and give you the answer that you need. If we see God in control working behind the scenes of our lives, our behalf, then we'll have an entirely different perspective on our problem. The Greeks had their pantheon of gods. They had Zeus, their supreme god. The Romans had Jupiter, their supreme god. The Egyptians had Ra. And they all believed their gods were transcendent, were above all. So what's the difference in what they believe and what we believe? You see, we believe our God is not just transcendent, but eminent. <laughs> we believe that he is in the very affairs of our lives to the minutest detail. The Bible says even the very hairs of her head are numbered by God. That he sees even the sparrow that falls. And so when it comes to the Christian God, when it comes to the biblical God, we see both transcendent and eminent. And at the incarnation, Emmanuel, God with us, we see the eminence of God complete. The glory of God is complete. What does it say in Galatians 1.27? Christ in us the hope of glory. Acts 17.28 In him, Paul says, we live and we move and we have our being. Isn't it wonderful today that this great almighty God is your heavenly father? That this all-surpassing infinitely beyond human nature and all nature and all history knows every single detail of your life even counts the hairs of your head so there's not a problem that's too big there's not a problem that's too small that he's not interested in today because the eminence of God shows us how desperately he much he wanted to be involved in our lives that he sent his own son to come and to be born as a little baby and then to grow up and to die on that cross as a man, as the Son of God for our sins. Thank God. Amen? Yeah. Glory to God. And so today and tonight, I don't want you to miss tonight. Now that we have dealt with that, I want you to show you two other aspects of the nature of God that I guarantee will help you in your everyday Christian life to have a bigger expanded view of God than maybe you've ever had before. I want you to see that tonight. Amen? Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you are greater and bigger than our minds can even fathom. We thank you, Lord God, that we can trust you today, that our hope is in you, Lord, that whatever we're going through right now, you are bigger than that. Amen. You're greater than that. And Lord, we can put our hand in your hand and we can trust you to lead us through 
So we give you thanks today. We bless you that you're not aloof and afar off, but you are within, that you are near to us. And we give you thanks for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information, www.mpc.org.uk.